comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. Dun, dun. Aaron, so we got a new episode to do this week. Have you seen the movie yet? Yeah, I saw her last night. Okay, but did you see a movie? I went and saw her. Well, okay, but what did you take her like with you or something? Huh? No, I went and saw her last night. Uh, you're not getting what I'm saying. Did you go and see the movie last night? What the? Hey guys. Oh, hey Alan. I'm just trying to figure out what Aaron's been up to. Oh yeah, me and him went and saw her last night. See. Wait a minute! I forgot my introduction. Introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Aloha, amigos! Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a callback to past films similar to the fame, the main film of the week, games, and other fun stuff. This is episode 134, 134. Back to the episodes, buddy. That's right. We're done with the bonuses. We're back to regular episodes. We'll see what kind of movies we get supplied in the coming weeks, but for now, we do have a regular episode, and we're going to be talking about Spike Jones' Her... Um, we previously talked about this in our top ten show, but we figured why not do a full review because that's what we like to do, and because it's just that good. Yeah, and, and Abe wanted to say let's do Hercules 3D. I said okay. Then we both realized what we just said, and we said no. That that was pretty much the thought process. It took all of two seconds. Yeah, and we weren't we weren't even on drugs. We were just no. Yeah. We were just like what January Hercules movie with the seventh white guy from Twilight. No, that's all right. We can do something else. <laughs> Anyway, joining us to discuss her, we have a good friend of the show and one of our oldest guests, recently beat up a foul-mouthed alien. It's Alan Aguilera. He had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> he had it coming. How are you guys? Doing well, Alan. How are you? I'm doing great. Fantastic. Ooh. Do you have a happy new year? I don't remember. Yes, I don't remember it. <laughs> you don't remember yes. it. It sounds like it's a good one to me. Yes. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Extreme! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get to some announcements before we get started here. Um, we did our top ten episodes. Abe and I, and friends of the show, Scott, Marcus, not Marcus, Mark, and Maxwell. I was going to say Maxwell, and then I switched it over to the proper form of Mark, and that was wrong. Anyway, <laughs> we, all, we all did our top ten, Joe. It was a big three-hour experience, so we divided it into two episodes, and you can find it's both. It's like a Terrence films. Malick film. Exactly. It's longer than the last Terrence Malick. It's longer than the last two Terrence Malick films. Maybe the last three. I think it's, I think it's the longest, <laughs> best three line. So we're going back years here, guys. Regardless. Um, we... 
<laughs> uh, it was we, we divided it into two episodes. They're both out now. They're both a lot of fun. A lot of film clips. A lot of good opinions from all of us talking about the best films of the year. So be sure to check that one out. Um, also, coming soon, we have a kind of an ac- a special accolades episode. We did this last year where we kind of Abe and I had all the all our friends and all our guests of the show kind of fill out a bunch of different like thoughts on best things about last year's movies. And so we're going to do that at some point. That's going to be a special bonus episode. We'll have that come out soon. Um, what else? iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Got a few new ones or a new one. We did get a new one, actually. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm going to find it. It was a nice, it was a nice one. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Install while I talk in this voice. Uh, what kind of voice is that? It's I don't know. I, it's, 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 I'm looking for things in the iTunes voice. Uh, what kind of Muppet voice is that, Aaron? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> lots of batteries there. Here it is. Here, I'm going to read the review because it's so nice. The highlight of my podcasting week is the latest episode about now with Aaron and Abe. Well, sometimes, babe. I enjoy the verb with <laughs> which they attack the reviews and the fact that they extend the reviews far beyond the movie with games, Q Xylophone, Know Everybody, and Movie Callback. Speaking of Know Everybody, they also have had an impressive array of guest reviewers. I assume that includes Alan, which also adds to the value of the podcast. The guests play a much larger role in their bonus commentary episodes for movies, which are also incredibly hilarious. This, along with Receiving the occasional handwritten note makes this podcast worth listening to. Thank you, Shirley1014, for that very kind view. <laughs> and anyone else can easily read a, leave a review at iTunes. It's very, you know, a quick process. It helps us it helps us out, helps other people find the show, and we certainly like doing it. So it would be nice to have other people, you know, take a listen. You know what, Shirley? You're all right. So, yeah, that's uh, iTunes reviews ratings. Good to get those. Let's, uh, let's, move on. let's move on to the show here. Let's get to know everybody. Each week on Not Now with Aaron and Abe, we try to ask each other a few questions to set the tone for the podcast and we better get to... No, everybody. Uh, That's pretty good. Did that work out? New no year. It's a new year. It's pretty good. All right. I'm going to let Abe start this one off this week. Okay. Alan. Yes. The near future is pretty near. Are we going to be wearing <laughs> pants that are up to our waists? Or are we going to be wearing pants that are still below our waists? I think that we're all going to be um, emulating Urkel. So I think we're going to have a lot of pants above the waist. Pants below the waist are just, it's so passe. It's, 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 it's run its course, really. And honestly, I want to show off my longer legs more so. So, it's a, no. It's a convenience thing, right? It is. Like, who want, like, I can't imagine people walking around with the pants. So I we feel we're such old men now. Like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> pants all down their legs. But, like, not, not, that, like you know, it's not functional. Like, and who needs belts? <laughs> What it are could belts even just for? Be an inch below the waist, but yeah, this whole entire notion of above the waist, you know, futuristic her, I, I was confused by it, which I'm sure we'll get to. I'm down for it. We'll, we'll talk about this. Yes, we will get <laughs> into this. Awesome. Uh, we're jumping the gun a bit. Um, Aaron. Yes. What's your favorite Spike Jones film? Either that he's in or that he's directed or oh, written. Well, geez, you've opened up a, a gate here. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, that's. I was, Things are never easy here on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I mean, yeah, I mean, spoilers for the top ten episode, but her is my number one movie of the year. Um, so I, I don't know why I'm hesitating. I would say her. I, I'm a huge fan of Where the Wild Things Are, though. I really like that movie a lot. That was on. That was. If we want to get to you know numbers, I also gave that five stars. But I would probably I would say her is is probably my my favorite Spike. Well, no, because uh, uh, he said what else has Spike Jones been? Uh, Three Kings. If we had to go that way, I guess. Cause... No. No, that's the right answer. That's yeah, it's a sad one though. Three Kings is one of my favorite movies ever. 
So, I mean, and Spike Jones is quite good in it, along with, you know, everybody else and everyone involved in that movie. Yeah, so, yeah I guess I go Three Kings. We can't count out uh, Wolf of Wall Street, though, because he's pretty fantastic in Wolf of Wall Street. He's, yeah. he's so good in that movie. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's 10 seconds in that film, but it's, it's worth it. It's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Abe. Yes. Um, who would win in a fight, Jarvis or Samantha? Ooh. Uh, well, Samantha is technically more advanced than Jarvis, right? So I I think I'd go with Samantha. Jarvis does have a nice, you know, British accent, and he he can think on his own. And, you and nothing know, says fight winning more than British accents. Well, yeah, he hangs up calls on Agent Coulson and whatever else, so he's kind of got an attitude. But, again, I think Samantha is, like, becoming very, very self-aware. So she's almost like pre-Skynet. So, I, I think I'd go with Samantha. Yeah, you can't hold down an independent woman. You just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's Angels and Destiny's Throw Child taught me that. Wait, right. actually sing the song. I was just going to reference it, but you had it down. You're like, I'm going to sing the chorus <laughs> to this Beyonce Destiny's Child song, and no one's going to stop me because I'm a podcast. I can do what I want. Yeah, because I'm a survivor. <laughs> I, I threw that softball at you, and you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> Aaron. Yes. You're playing games in the future. Do you want to use your fingers to walk, or do you want to use your fingers to hold the controller? I want to use my fingers for something else. Eating, right? Um, uh, you play video games? <laughs> he did it. Um, he took a burger. Do I want to do what? I'm sorry, I was preparing a terrible joke instead. <laughs> so for video games in the future, would you rather have controllers, or would you let your, your body... It's almost like you know what we're having right now, PS3... Move. Okay. Uh, that's a that's an interesting question, Abe, because I do like playing Dance Central on Xbox Connect. <laughs> I am a, I am a PlayStation guy, and I like my controllers. Um, I think it certainly depends on the game, Abe. That's what I'm have to go with. But <laughs> I do like having a controller in hand. I do like having that, you know. So I'm not completely lost in virtual reality, like Jeff Fahey and Lawnmower Man. <laughs> I needed to go that far. I could, oh, I could have put was... on that one, but I didn't. I had to go just... I think about the graphics now about that movie. And, uh, yeah. Ooh. That movie's weird. Like, I saw the movie when I was really young, and, like, it's it's like a, it's a trip to watch that movie when you're, like, a child and seeing all this crazy stuff happening, and, like, Pierce Brosnan getting tortured in cyberspace and everything. It's crazy. Okay. Anyway, go t- stay tuned for more of those thoughts in our future Lawnmower Man commentary, as well as our commentary for Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War, slash cyberspace, and had two different titles. Um, that's so insidery. Um, Alan. Yes. <laughs> in your vision of the future, what is the popular clothing style? Oh. That's a good question. In my vision, not necessarily, ooh, ooh. Um, I think LL Cool J was onto something with rolling up one pant leg and leaving the other one down. Are we also going to wear Kangles? Of course. Yes. And back ruse because I like the little pocket. Rolling, just, <laughs> yes. rolling just one. I mean, that. I mean, bikers do that now. Like when they go. <laughs> I know, but I want it to be like a, like, mainstream. Because honestly, it's a dichotomy of all of our personalities. Like, we want to be, just unhinged, but we also have to be confined to the norms. I just think, I think, um, Cool James had something. I mean, ladies do love Cool James. So that they is, yeah. really do. Yes. Um, Aaron. Yeah. I think that Spike Jones missed his chance by casting 
May Whitman from Arrested Development as Samantha in her. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, obviously, Stretch, yes. One for it. Uh, yeah. Yes. No, I said yes. <laughs> Parenthood. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't need paragraph answers. Just yes. It's fine. Good. All right. All right. Cool. I think we've all sufficiently gotten to know everybody, and that's how you play. No, oh, everybody. everybody. No, I feel like we should have had like a ding at the end of that one. Or something. <laughs> um, all right, let's do a little out now quickies. Tim? Each week and out now, we talk about one main movie of the week, but we always have many other movies that we might have actually also seen during the week. So we have a segment out now quickies. Tim? Feel free to send in your out now quickies themes to a podcast.gmail.com. Oh. No, you're right to do that. <laughs> I would have, I would, on have it. I would have called you out on it if you didn't. Yeah, I'm on it, buddy. Alan, have you seen any other movies this week or recently I, that you like to I saw Steven Mr. Banks. Oh, yeah? I loved it. Really? You loved it? I really was into it. I was like, because one, I'm, I'm a big Disney fan. So I went in. I wasn't a huge Mary Poppins fan. Um, I just didn't get into it when I was a child. I got into it more when I was later. Um, I'm sorry, older. And that, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> There's one of those um, classic Aguilera bloopers. Um, so I, I watched it not really knowing what to expect. I didn't expect it to be that sad. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but it was it was good. I liked it. It was kind of hokey at some parts, but I was down. And I didn't know that Colin Farrell was in it because I did no research before I walked in. Right. And, <laughs> I just and, knew that Tom Hanks was in it. I was like, yeah, let's go. And, Colin and yeah, I really liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. Colin Farrell's phenomenal in that movie. I think he's the best part of it in terms of that. He's phenomenal in every movie. I can generally agree. I like Colin Farrell quite a bit. So. Even he was, yeah. Even Daredevil, he's the best part of that movie. I like Bullseye. I like him as Bullseye. It's so over the top and like exactly what that movie needs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I saw that recently, and um, I think that's the most recent film. I think because I, I saw Wolf of Wall Street again, because that was my favorite movie of the year. That was your favorite movie of the year. Yeah. yeah. What did you What did your top? Do you have like a top five? Uh, um, they're not really in order, but yeah, it's gonna be Wolf of Wall Street, uh, Upstream and Keller. Uh, 12 Years a Slave, Blue Jasmine, and uh, Pacific Rim. I was a Shane Carruth for the party last night that I went to. <laughs> that was my costume. I wanted a pig. <laughs> I, I, I had to put it in Blue Jasmine, too, Alan. That was also in my top ten. I love that movie. That movie was really good. It's very it good. It was very good, yeah. Abe, have you seen any other movies this week? Yes, I have. I watched Short Term 12. Ooh. And I also watched uh, Lone Survivor. So, Short Term 12... Very sad, very good acting. Uh, it's going to be in my accolades show for sure. And Lone Survivor, I think you've seen it before, and I don't think that you can discount what the U.S. military does, but at the same time, I think for the show, Scott Medicine makes some valid points as well as an Atlantic article that talks about the film as well. Hey, do you think that Lone Survivor will make more money than John Carter and Battleship combined? I wouldn't be surprised if it did. I would. I, I'm. We'll get bearing, to, I'm, I'm saying no, but I, I'd be. I'd be curious. We'll to get to what, we'll get to box office later on in the show, but uh, maybe d- domestically, yes, I would say it would actually, but worldwide, no. Apparently, A read the Atlantic article and Scott Mendelson's review. You didn't read my review as long as I was. I, I didn't yet because I didn't want to spoil it. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. Right <laughs> that's that's why. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that was the reason. <laughs> Aaron, you write movie reviews? <laughs> <laughs> huh. 
mind blown. Huh. Everything started to make sense. Interesting. I, I've seen a number of movies in recent times I just haven't got to because we've been doing so many bonuses and stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start with Big Ass Spider, which I'm going to watch for the third time within two weeks today. Um, with Scott Mendelson, actually. <laughs> um, um, Big Big Ass Spider is exactly what it sounds like, but it's better than, like, the sci-fi movies. It was, like, a real movie that premiered at, like, South by Southwest last year. And it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Greg? Kinnear? Uh, no, uh, what's his name from from, uh, from Heroes? Uh, Greg Grunberg. Um, he's, like, this pe- he's like a... a a um exterminator there's like a spider that gets loose it's like a mutated alien spider it grows bigger and bigger but it's just as a it's it's a lot of fun it knows what it is about without winking at you it's, is it in the vein of eight-legged freaks or it is, is it like, i would say okay. it is in the vein. and i like eight-legged freaks i, I like it too yeah, I, I think big ass spider is a great kind of compliment like if you watch those movies back to back you'd be like i got a lot of good spider movies and arachnophobia like it, but is it like Mighty Joe Young, but with the spider? Yes, but and the effects are really good for being a really cheap movie, and it is. It it has a it it looks great. Like there's some shots that like it's it's a really big spider for one thing. It, it's called Big Ass Spider for a reason, and it like it's a point where it takes over L.A. essentially, and it looks really good for being a movie that was you know had like no budget to shoot on. It, it's like like a really good look. It put all the budget into the making the spider look like a good big ass spider. So. Glad. I heartily recommend this movie for people that want to see like a fun, you know, creature feature. You hardly or you highly? Heartily. Oh, heartily. Yes. Oh, okay. With with robust heart. Got yes. it. Um, I saw Grudge Match. Um, that's a movie. Yeah. Okay. I, I I don't really want to sum up why Grudge Match is terrible, but I do want to just be like, did you did you screw my wife? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. Like, oh no, what do you do? That's that's the like, that's the I'm done with that. <laughs> Um, then Kevin Hart says something funny. Um, I saw the past. This is the Asgard Ferrati. Speaking of, of completely silly movies, I saw the past, the very serious drama from Asgard Ferrati, who did a separation. Uh, very good. Mark Hoban and I talked about this on the top ten episode, but it's a very fantastic drama. Uh, very worth checking out. Um, just really, just really good. I saw The Wind Rises, the ah. last, the presumably last film from Hayao Miyazaki. Um. It's very good. It's, I guess it's 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 very different technically because it's not a fantastical movie. It is basically a a a, bio, a biopic that just happens to be animated. But it's a really really solid film. I was really happy to see it. Mm. Uh, very well animated. The score is great. The story is really, it's re- it's really interesting. It's about this man who, it's based on based on the real man who kind of eventually went on to create the the Japanese Zero play. Um, he's a and. Uh, what would be called an aeronautical engineer, was it? Oh. A man who designs planes, <laughs> and he just he wants to create the perfect airplane. There's kind of this undercurrent of the idea that he is going to succeed, and it's going to be the planes that are responsible for Pearl Harbor, essentially. <laughs> but it's right because it focuses on this guy, like it, it's it's got that kind of like Oppenheimer thing, where like he the the intentions that were were there were good, and it's it was just a, re- a really interesting movie. Really, I really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I did. I also saw Lone Survivor. I saw that like way back in like December. That's that's you know, <laughs> Wait, way back or way way back. Way way back. Ah, okay. Um, so last year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of bullets. <laughs> so it's a three on a scale of ten, huh? What? I'm just kidding. It's a way way back reference. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, it's a five for me. Um. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, it's certainly, you know, it's technically proficient because I think Peter Berg's a good action director, but it just, when you when you get to every bullet that hits a Navy SEAL being in slow motion, it's just like, okay, what are we doing? Um, but yeah, so that's a movie. And lastly, I saw Ninja 2. Is that ah! Ninja 2 with Scott Adkins? Yeah, well, I've been hearing really good things about that movie. Okay. <laughs> So the move, I mean, the action is good, and like the plot, sta- like I don't expect anything from the plot. It's just a directed DVD movie, whatever. But is there something about Scott Atkins that I don't know that, like, because everyone seems to like this movie and like him, and I, I just I see like no charisma from this guy whatsoever. Oh, okay. All he's right, just I'm like sad. a white dude, man. Yeah, and like, yeah, he's just like, like a martial very, artist. But he seems but... very popular. Like people seem to like really like Scott Atkins and want him to like break out in the movies. Like I don't yeah, see they, it. They he's... really want him to be cast in. Like full or uh, super feature films and yeah, like I don't know I I haven't seen the movie I haven't really seen his work either so can't really say well, I know like 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 the Universal Soldier movie that came out last year starring him I was supposed to be good and like I I know he's in Expendables too he's the guy that Jason Statham kills <laughs> um, uh, at the end um, but like <laughs> spoiler I, alert I want yeah Jason Statham kills a guy yeah um, <laughs> I just don't like it looks like. So really, sum it down. It's like a block of wood with martial arts skills is like on screen. That's what I. That's what I. I'd rather. I'd rather watch Michael J. White, honestly. But J. White as Black yeah. White. Dynamite. Dynamite. I mean, it feels more like it feels less like um, like Jackie Chan or Jet Li who have kind of screen charisma, and more like right. Tony Jaa who has no charisma on screen despite being a very good martial artist. I didn't. I didn't watch that movie that he's in. The one with like the super long tracking shot of fighting. Oh, the protector. The protector. The protector's, yeah. the protector's awesome. It's, okay. It's it's not only really like. Awesome. But he's a boring. He's a boring guy to watch on the screen. I just I don't I don't think Tony Jaa is like a great presence in terms of charisma, but I do think he's a, a very talented martial artist, and yeah. I look forward to seeing him in 2015's Fast and Furious Seven, but uh, with Carrot Russell and everybody else that's in that movie. <laughs> but. Wow. Yeah, but. <laughs> Kurt anyway. Russell's in Fast and the Furious Seven. Yes, Abe. Can, oh man, where are they? God, you see, this, you know. Where, without you, Aaron, I would be in the dark. Just remember, Abe, I was all about Fast Five, and you were skeptical. I was and, skeptical because and, you know. And, now, and now, look at it. Now look at well, it. Well, yeah, we'll, that's, we'll see. We'll that's see. right. It's President of the United States. Yes, <laughs> that happened. What is this, Cobra Commander? <laughs> yeah, cool. that's how no quickies. TM. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Were those gunshots? Yeah, it was, it was in the vein of Expendables 3. I definitely and... want you to edit in gunshot noises. <laughs> <laughs> no, the closest thing you're going to get is pew, 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 pew. Or zap. Zap. That reminds me of the Simpsons episode with Homer and... Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't remind me. because he's calling back directly to it. Yeah, you know where I came from. That's fine. Let's do a little movie trailer talk. Each week and out now there today, we talk about some of the newest trailers of the week and find out, you know, what we thought of them, when they're coming out, and what have you. Um, first trailer up we have is Transcendence, uh, which I think the subtitle is Johnny Depp is Skynet. But regardless, <laughs> a terminally it is from IMDb, a terminally ill scientist downloads his mind into a computer. This grants him power beyond his wildest dreams, and soon he becomes unstoppable. 
with Chris Pine and Denzel Washington. I, um, the this movie is from director Wally Pfister. <laughs> that name may be like oh, that sounds kind of, but I don't quite. Know. Wally Pfister is a cinematographer who usually works with Christopher. Has worked with Christopher Nolan on every film except the one we're going to talk about after we talk about Transcendence because he directed this film, Transcendence. Um, stars Johnny Depp, Kate Mara, Rebecca Hall. Morgan Freeman, Paul Bettany, Killian Murphy, Cole Hauser, our favorite Cole Hauser, uh, among (laughs) others. With all that said, Alan, what did you think of the trailer for Transcendence? I want to watch it. Well, I've been, I'm always really curious whenever a cinematographer branches out and does his own film. And all of his work has been beautiful for Christopher Nolan. So I was really curious to see how his look, which essentially is the same, kind of similar to how he's already been. Um, framing everything, but I'm curious how he's going to handle a narrative on his own. So, if anything, even if the, uh, he has enough goodwill with me that I would go see it, uh, but the trailer looks pretty cool. Um, I think they kind of gave away a bit too much. I don't really need to know that much stuff, unlike the Interstellar trailer, which we'll be talking about in a bit, where they don't really give away anything. This one, I think, kind of gave me too much of the story, but I still want to see it. Um, I'm still getting kind of Johnny Depp out, though. Abe? Uh, I, I, I really wasn't a fan of the trailer, and that's primarily because there's one element to one of the characters, and unfortunately she has to be a female, where it becomes very emotional for her. There are emotional stakes involved, and the only reason why they would want to save Johnny Depp is because she uh, feels as though you know she can't lose him, even though he's been medically deemed, I guess, dead or something like that. And, and then, you know, SOL stuff hits the fan, whatever else, and it's all because of this one root cause. If she hadn't done that, then perhaps the world wouldn't be in total darkness at the end of the movie, or I don't know how it's going to end, but I wasn't a big fan of that that plot element, and that's really what turned me off on, on the film. It might look great, it might be very good, and I would I would see it with hesitation after I've heard you know some initial reviews, but that really bummed me out. I was for like I, I didn't wasn't blown away by the Transcendence trailer, especially because we've gotten a lot of very good trailers in recent uh, time. Mm-hmm. But with that said, I like that Johnny Depp's looking very regular for the first time in like a long time. <laughs> um, that said, then he becomes like Skynet. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> and then he gets like he gets like uh, hair like uh, that girl in Starcraft. There's a reference, and they take so they take that away from me. But I do I agree with everything that Alan said. I am a fan of Wally Pfister's work as a cinematographer, and it is neat, interesting for me to see him take on the reins as a director. I'm curious where that goes. The writer Jack Paglin has no other big credits to his name. Um, just, like this is his first like theatrical like script that's you know turned into a movie. So I mean I have listens to him. I've I have very little to go on in terms of like what can I expect from this. But with that said, something about Johnny Depp as Skynet like kind of intrigues me. <laughs> so. Um, and I do like this cast. I agree that the trailer shows a lot. It does. Especially compared to, like, the very weird teasers we were getting, and then we got a full trailer. I was like, oh, okay, we're getting a full trailer, too. That seems it seems like that would have come out, like, a month before or something, but no, we got all that kind of in, like, a week. So, whatever. But, <clears throat> um, you know, looks looks decent enough. Well, maybe we'll catch it. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, teary-eyed there. Yeah, I was just... Jumped you know, I was looking into Kate Mara's eyes and I was like, oh, <laughs> you're not going to make it through the next season of House of... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but regardless, Transcendence comes out April 18th, 2014. I should probably not say the year anymore because we're actually in that year finally. Woo! Um, so yeah, there's that. Don't write 2013 on your checks. And don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years. That's my Yellow Cool J reference yeah. that we talked about earlier. 
Kangle. Um, our next trailer is Interstellar. This is the new film from Christopher Nolan. Some people may have heard of him. Um, the IMDb description reads as this. A group of explorers makes use of newly discovered wormhole to surpass the limitations on human space travel and conquer the vast distances involved in an interstellar voyage. All of that is more clear than what's gone on in this trailer. But that's it. <laughs> Abe, what did you think of the trailer for Interstellar? Uh, but I love this trailer. It's it's like what Alan had mentioned, very mysterious, doesn't reveal too much. But I love the voiceover, and I love the idea of you know, how Americans, or I guess the world, we really, uh, what happened to the pioneering attitudes that we had, trying to go vastly into space, exploring the seas, whatever else. I love that sense of, I guess, uh, energy that everyone had. And I'm curious to see where this goes. The, the the trailer really is effective primarily because it the score rises into organ music at the end when you see a, a ship up in the uh, up in the sky. But again, the voiceover work from McConaughey is very good. So I, I really am a fan of the trailer. I, I'm probably not going to watch any other trailer for it uh, coming up. Alan, what did you think of the trailer for Interstellar? Oh, I'm sold. I want to watch it right now. Um, it's very nuanced, very minimal, and I like it. I love the music, as Abe was saying. I um, it's going to have a great cast, and it has Nolan doing his own work again. I know um, last time I did his own stuff was like Inception, and this one looks a little bit more streamlined, hopefully. Or I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, and I don't really want to know more. I just want to go see it. Like this is just a reoccurring thing with me. If I am sold by just the names involved, I don't really need to see that much more of the product. I just want to see the finished product. I'm very impatient. I mean. I agree that I'm just sold because it's a new Christopher Nolan film. It has a great cast. It, like He tends to work with concepts that intrigue me. That said, Nolan cuts a slick trailer. So, I mean, I don't mind seeing more trailers. I don't feel like I've ever been spoiled on a movie because I saw trailers for Christopher Nolan movies. I can say that about Inception, about the last several, all the Batman movies. I mean, it doesn't, it's not something that throws me off because I saw a trailer. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing more of this movie as I anticipated more and more when it approaches its release date. I do like um, Matthew McConaughey's look at this movie just because I've been intrigued by the various looks of Matthew McConaughey in the past, you know, couple years. Three years, yeah. yeah. So um, now, he, you know, kind of he looks like the most downtrodden space cowboy that I've ever seen um, driving in a pickup. Tommy Lee Jones takes offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's on the moon and he can't do anything about it. So there. Um uh, spoiler alert for Space Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the moon? Uh, but yeah, yeah, McConaughey, Hathaway, Chastain, that's a pretty good lineup for me right there. I assume Michael Caine's in there. He was only 15 years old. I mean, it just it works for me. So I'm I'm excited for Interstellar. It's not enough, Aaron. <laughs> um, Interstellar arrives in theaters November 7th, 2014. Again, I said the year. I'm going to stop, stop eventually stop. I think I did this last year, too, where I started second saying the year. It's, like, not necessary. Um, I'll get over that soon enough. But, yeah, that's Interstellar. Alrighty. So with all that out of the way, I think it's time for us to get to our main review for the film, Her. How do you share your life with somebody? The woman that I've been seeing, Samantha, she's an operating system. 
You're dating in a West? What is that like? <laughs> I feel really close to her. Like when I talk to her, I feel like she's with me. I want to learn everything about everything. I want to discover myself. I want that for you too. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Falling in love is kind of like a form of socially acceptable insanity. She's not just a computer. You always wanted to have a wife without the challenges of actually dealing with anything real. I'm glad that you found someone. I don't know what I want, ever. Am I in this because I'm strong enough for a real relationship? Is it not a real relationship? That should have been some of the trailer for the new film, Her. In Spike Jones's Her, the audience is brought to a future that is very plausible. Fashion is not outrageously different. We have no flying cars, and operating systems are evolving. Joaquin Phoenix stars as Theodore, a man who writes love letters for others as a job, and he has recently gone through a divorce. A new operating system upgrade called OS1 arrives, which is an, has an AI aspect to it, where it can evolve and learn. Theodore's OS is named Samantha, voiced by Scarlett Johansson. And she... It... And Theodore develop a relationship that becomes more than just a man and machine. Alan Aguilera, did you respond to this romantic sci-fi film as much as Theodore did to Samantha? Well, I don't want to get married or anything, but you no, know, I really like I really like the film. Um, I think that Spike because I, I Spike Jones last film um, or well, the Wild Things are I just wasn't a big fan of. I'm just I wasn't. I thought it was too. I just wasn't a fan. I'm sorry, Aaron. But I think with this yeah, one, it's all right. uh, with I really liked what he's doing here. I really liked the concept of what it is. I really like how he kind of he said it in the near future, but he didn't really specify. Um, I love the Los Angeles he set up because it's the only TV. I'm oh, sorry, this is the only Los Angeles in film that I ever want to live in. Um, <laughs> um, I just really enjoyed it. I Joaquin Phoenix just sold this movie. I think that his acting and his vulnerability and almost his tenderness and his insecurities all come across with his mannerisms, with his tone of voice, with the inflection of the wording that he uses. I think he is an all-star in this movie. Um, and then with the casting of Scarlett Johansson's voice, even I would fall in love with that voice. I'm not even going to lie. That's sultry and sexy, and I am down. Um, it's just a strong cast. It's a great story. It's... It's filled with a lot of hope, but it's also incredibly heartbreaking towards the end. Um, it's just, I don't know. It must have struck a chord with me or something, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and plus the aesthetic of it, the look of it, the different clothing. the I think that this is probably Spike Jones' best film since being John Malkovich, and it's really well-rounded for me. And yes, this is including all the Jackass movies. I think that it's just a nice, well-rounded film. And I'm... I'm really happy with it. I just saw it the other night, and I'm just—I've been really happy since I saw it. I got a bunch of—I don't know—I can't really. I'm still trying to just put it into words how I feel about the film, but I really, really enjoyed it, and I think that a lot of people are gonna give it the time of day because of the premise, because of how oh he falls in love with a computer—that's that's stupid. But if you take your time to go see the film, I think I think you'd be really pleased and surprised, and kind of see how heartwarming. Um, the film can be. I just really liked it. It's a little bit, a little bit of a weird premise, but it's still a very human story, and a story that I think a lot of people will, a lot of sad, lonely men like myself can uh, really kind of um, <laughs> latch themselves onto. Alan, you're never sad and lonely. You're the world's 
biggest Mexican. I, best yeah. manager, world's best manager. That's what I, I quit say. a while ago, and I was the best manager. <laughs> he was too legit, so he so, quit. <laughs> yes, yes. So I guess nobody came in for the spring rolls. Damn. No. Damn. I know. I'm sorry. Abe, what do okay. you think of the movie? I I really liked her a lot. I mean, I don't know if I super loved it like uh, like Aaron Newworth, but it was I, on your top ten list. <laughs> yeah, I know. But in terms of like love, it's not it's not a love thing. I think it was like number five on my top ten list. But I, so low. it's no pain and gain of the entire year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, love in terms of wow, this is a perfect movie. That's I guess what I'm defining it as, and it's very near perfect actually. But uh, I, I, it's like it's like a nine point nine, right, Aaron? There you go. That's clearly not uh, love, then. You're right. And and Abe only loves tens. <laughs> I mean, only I don't. I don't yeah, he only don't, loves Bo Derek. That's you're so shallow. You only love tens. <laughs> I mean, you can't go around saying you love everything, and then people will start getting the wrong ideas. I love a Why? McSalad. I love a McBurrito. Which one is it? Why can't you love multiple things? Why can't you be polygamous with the things that you love? For the other listeners that are still tuning in, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> I liked it a lot, and I think the the strongest part about it was uh, I sort of have an idea of the premise going in, and then when you see the film, I was still waiting for the other shoe to drop, and the other shoe being, okay, well, he's going to realize that he's in love with this machine, and this machine is ridiculous, so he finds love with, an, with a human, and it actually doesn't really go that way, and I really appreciate that about the film, because it was very insightful, it was very thoughtful. Spike Jones, I think he wrote it himself, uh, yes. you know, he, he manages to ask a very interesting question of, if you're feeling these real feelings with anything, it doesn't matter what it is, why can't that be considered real? And that was very profound to me. So I I went in with a different perspective, or I saw it with a different perspective from that point on, and I really gave into it. Um, again, the performances are great, like what Alan had said. Uh, I really enjoyed the flashback sequences that just show up when when uh, Joaquin Phoenix's character is thinking about his past life with his uh, with Rooney, Rooney Mara, and again they're going through a divorce. They're very sentimental, they're very short, and they're also you can feel the anger and, and frustration in some of them too. And I don't know, it just plays well. The There's some technical aspects that I really enjoyed about the film too, which is some of the lighting aspects and the color tone, the color schemes that he chooses, as well as the way that Spike Jones is making this futuristic LA with a bullet train. I think he shot it also in, in Shanghai. Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that aspect of making Los Angeles look bigger and more connected and, Again, like what Alan said, it's a simple future, or not simple future, it's a simple enough future that you could believe that it could happen within the next you know, 10 years or whatever else. Everything else about this movie is very good. I, I would recommend it. Um, if you think the premise is weird, go in with an open mind, and I think you'll be, you'll be very much uh, uh, pleased. The last thing I'll say is kudos to Spike Jones. I, I really think that he deserves some sort of, uh, a nomination and or award for best director because if you think about the the way that he has to go about this you have to emote hearing a voice and you're basically doing either you know uh, cartoon work where you know one person reads the lines first and then you record based off that and then you re-record a few more times uh, or if Scarlett Johan was, Johansson was on set during the entire time great you know like great job on doing a voice that makes you feel sad and confused and questionable and whatever else i can provide an answer to that question actually huh. 
Uh, Samantha Morton was actually originally Samantha in the film. Um, she was the actress involved. She was supposed to be the voice, and she was with. She was on set doing the the readings of all the the lines and everything yeah. with Theodore. Um, Spike Jones felt it wasn't working, um, and eventually and recast the part. So he had some, uh, Scarlett Johansson come in after the fact and re-record all the lines. Um, and um, it whatever whatever it worked out because I do think Scarlett Johansson's pretty fantastic in a film that only requires her vocal performance, and it's very impressive to me because that made that relationship work um on the top 10 show i talked a lot about the world building how that was pretty much my favorite aspect of, or one of my favorite aspects of the film because i really do love the world that was created in this movie i think it's a a very incredible depiction of what a future society could be like and just looks great based on how spike jones films the thing i'm going to talk a little bit about the romance aspect because i i tend to respond to romance in film that's more offbeat or obscure um, and so obviously it's not really the standard rom-coms do little for me, but something like Wally or Punch Drunk Love or, or Lars and the Real Girl. Lars and the Real Girl is a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Good or, movie. um, me and you and everyone we know is another favorite movie of mine. Um, those are, those are romances I really respond to. And her had that quality very much so as well. Like I really liked seeing Theodore and Samantha interact and watching, their relationship kind of blossom and take various turns. It was a very interesting thing for me to watch, and I loved how it was written. I loved these performances. I've talked about Joe Hansen already, but I think what makes Phoenix incredible to me is that last year he was in The Master. That is a far different performance than the one as Theodore in this film, and it just shows me how talented Joaquin Phoenix is as an actor. I I certainly liked him already. I certainly acknowledge that he is quite talented, but, man, he is just... He's doing some amazing work here. And this is coming after that whole, you know, ordeal with the Casey Affleck documentary thing. Like, it, I'm glad that he's, regardless of how, like, how happy he was, with, you know, going through all that to, to make this kind of experiment thing work. I'm glad that he's back just doing straight acting roles. And he and he's just knocking it out of the park now. I can't wait to see. I think he's going back with PTA next for Inherent Vice, the movie that comes out this year at some point. Like, it, oh, I, yeah. I, I can't wait to see more Phoenix because he's just just knocking out of the park these performance and like he's good into, like i like him to walk the line i just like walking phoenix in general and it just becomes more and more apparent to me that he probably he is like one of the best actors working today like i just think he's pretty fantastic but here in this movie i you, you've never i've never seen phoenix play you know like guy before you don't really see that often just like <laughs> guy like he's not like he's not anything you know special if it, i mean he certainly he has a talent in his job but like he's not like anything out of the ordinary he's just a guy that's living in a world and I think it takes a certain level of kind of confidence and strength as an actor to play that kind of person who's not necessarily super charming, but not like a dope either. He's not, a, he's, he's lonely, but a lot of people are lonely. He's not, and he's not like super cool, but he's not like a nerd. Like he's just a guy. And I think he makes that work really well. I think you see that both in his interactions with, with Samantha, with Olivia Wilde's character and this, well, the one scene that she has, who's, she's also pretty good, but it with Amy Adams too. And I think he, it's a it's really neat to watch like these two interact and i really like amy adams in this film speaking of which i I like that she she's also playing kind of down-to-earth girl and she lets her hair get all shaggy which i think is something spike jones apparently likes to do because look at cameron diaz and being john malkovich i mean it's neat to see the that these actors really kind of downplay the glamorous side and just kind of play people and that's something i really liked about her a movie that's about technology taking over (laughs) like it's 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 interesting to see that as kind of a 
a, a weird look at how people are in this world where technology has become a much larger focus in a very plausible manner. But it all worked for me. It was just I, among the many other things which I haven't talked about yet, that that's something I really adored about her. Oh, Chris Pratt is also in the film, and he uh, he plays, uh, I guess, a, a front desk admin at the company that um, Theodore works at. Yeah. Theodore works at, and I think that Chris Pratt's really funny in it. And again, it it goes back to the interaction that they have, and then the uncomfortable nature of oh, you're you keep talking so highly about Samantha, I want to meet her. And he feels conflicted, and then he all of a sudden realizes, well, why not? And they actually go out on the four-person date off to the uh, – I'm, I'm assuming that it's Catalina. Catalina. Yeah. Catalina. Catalina. And they have a good time. And, again, you really start to – it sort of starts to disarm you, and there's no other plot twist. Samantha is not this nefarious computer program that's going to run over everyone's Twisting lives. Twisting her digital mustache. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, it's actually a little bit more sincere and a little bit more heartfelt than that, actually, what happens. Um, but you go through the entire range of, I guess, a relationship here, and it's really interesting just the way that it plays out. And I I don't I don't know. I, I don't want to ruin anything. You just have to go see it. What's interesting to me is how it it doesn't operate on cliches necessarily. It operates on a certain level of familiarity just because it's showing you a relationship on a film. And you've seen that in various films, but I like that there aren't people that are like completely outraged at this notion of OSs and people dating. Like instead, it's just pretty much greeted pretty warmly. Like Amy Adams is like, Oh, what's that like? And Chris Pratt's like, Oh, that's cool. Anyway, let's go about that date. Like, it's just, it's such a, a great way to handle this kind of thing. And that's something I talked about before where, the world that they live in is a pretty nice world. Like, it, 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 I mean, it looks fantastic. And, like, obviously there's kind of the jab of people all talking to their, you know, phone or OS or what have you. But the world is not dark. It's not dystopian. It's, yeah. just, it's this place where, beyond seeming plausible, it doesn't seem like a bad place to live. It doesn't seem like there's... I'm not saying crime's not existent if it's perfect, but, I mean, it's not... It's, well, I mean, it, they have it, the precogs. It's not Elysium. So. But um, it it's not Elysium in the sky, not Earth. Earth is terrible <laughs> um, and rapey because of Charlotte Copley. But um, it, it's this place where you – I mean I wouldn't mind being in this future society. And it, it's just really, really nice. And I love the clothes in this movie. Let's talk about those a little bit. We thought we it, mentioned it's that. It's weird because it's like the complete opposite end of like Blade Runner in Los Angeles. Yes, exactly. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's just insane. I have a question to pose to you guys. Regarding the casting. Okay, so you had a Samantha Morton first, mm-hmm. and then they switched it to Scarlett Johansson. Do you think us as an audience buy into it more because we know what Scarlett Johansson looks like? I think that can certainly... A question. I, I think, think that, that plays can, into it. It can certainly I think apply it does. To, to a certain level of people that are familiar with like her voice and what have you. I, I don't think that's lost on Spike Jones. Earlier I was thinking about how I was annoyed, and <laughs> this is going to sound strange, but... I was really excited about that. And then I was thinking about the other things I've been feeling, and I caught myself feeling proud of that, you know, proud of having my own feelings about the world, like the times I was worried about you, things that hurt me, things I want. And then I had this terrible thought. Are these feelings even real? Or are they just programming? And that idea really hurts. 
And then I get angry at myself for even having pain. <laughs> oh, what a sad trick. Good for him. All right, I'll just... Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, as far as the clothes go, I thought that it was an interesting choice. I mean, it's not really anything that is too different from what you're seeing right now. And again, that's what I like about the film is everything that you see in the film is not really something that you, that you can't imagine right now. Um, as far as like the, the pants go, I can, I can go with it. I probably wouldn't be in that, that strong majority of folks who are wearing it. But... Well, I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's obviously an evolved style. It's not like everyone just right. suddenly decided one day to do something like that. Like it's, that's just where the style had went, which is, which is what some, which is kind of why I liked it. It wasn't something like completely crazy, like giant pieces of plastic protruding out of your back or something like somewhere like capes. <laughs> Actually, if there are capes in the future, it'd be pretty No capes! End of mode. Okay, fine. Uh, Short capes. Um, No capes! (laughs) But, like, I like that it was, like, this... Like, I wouldn't say necessarily subtle, because you can't really avoid noticing that at the point, especially when, like, Chris Pratt starts walking around with his giant high (laughs) pants, because he's such a big guy. But, like, it... But they look insanely comfortable. They do, and, they it, do. and yeah. it, but it just—it looks so like really comfortable too. It looks so. Oh right. yeah, they do. It just looks so right to me. It's like yeah, it's like and it's like it's kind of a retro thing to an extent, but just like slightly different because it's the future. It, it just worked. It's like the person. They look like they all look like goofy and just like super comfortable and mellow and happy. <laughs> yeah. They do. Yeah. I mean, like, I need to stop wearing skinny jeans. <laughs> That's so like, 2013, Alan. I guess so. Good I mean, grief. come on. We're, we're in her future now. Whose future? Her. Her. <laughs> Lowercase. Lowercase, yeah. But as far as um, uh, other characters go, Rooney Marley plays his ex-wife, and she has, I think, one large scene. And even that large scene, there's a part where she's holding the pen, and uh, she's hesitant to sign some pieces of paper, and... She also has some flashbacks, and that's very touching, too. She, I think she only has, like, one outburst, but for the most part, everything is pretty solid in this movie. And even, Aaron, to your point about, you know, it does have something to say about, oh, I thought it it was going to have something even larger to say about how everyone is always looking at their phones and whatever else. But again, it kind of squashes that with the perception of, Maybe you're just super lonely and you have somebody that you really can confide in and who understands you a lot. And that is something that you should cherish. That is something that you should take uh, with a full heart. You know, it's not anything that you should be ashamed of. I mean, maybe some dick pics. Yeah, that's not something that you want to be putting out there. But, hey, man, if you're comfortable with it, more power to you. It certainly doesn't play at being cynical, um, which is something – I guess like Walter Mitty was very similar in that regard where it, it it very much wanted to present this romance and kind of present not necessarily all the positives come with, but certainly positives with it, but just kind of it didn't want to present it in a way that looks down on these characters. Um, the only the only thing that's kind of satirical about the society is video games. Like you have the video game <laughs> thing where it kind of and it also presents kind of a natural evolution of it because you see where basically designers have just given up and they're like, you know what, yeah. we'll just have Instead of having, like, trolls play you in multiplayer internet games, we'll just have a character that's completely foul-mouthed and acts like an eight-year-old boy swearing at you over the internet. Like that's Voiced yeah, by Spike Jones. Oh, yeah, voiced by Spike Jones. <laughs> you know who the voice was of the, um, of the, of the, the girl, the, the woman that, that Joaquin Phoenix talks to on the sex line early on? I didn't know, but yeah. I looked it up on IMDb. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. Yeah, and oh, I also right. was surprised that Bill Hader was in the movie, too. Well, he does a lot of voices. Yeah. 
But um, wait, who's Bill Hader? Who's Bill Hader? Who was Bill Hader? No, he's the uh, he's the chat room operator before Theodore. That makes sense. The sex. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he's I, I guess I mean that's what that's what it says in the description there. So, uh, lastly, I guess my last point is just. This is part where Samantha really physically wants to be with Theodore and whatever else. And so she, they have this uh, situation, they have like a setting. And I was feeling pretty emotional, especially when, when the person ends up apologizing and saying, man, your love was just so, I just want to be a part of your love. And yeah, it was, uh, again, it's weird, yes, but at the same time, just go with it, and I think you'd be pleasantly pleased. That sequence you're talking about is weird, but that's something I really liked. I like the yeah. way that, that the film's able to, and it does it a lot in this movie, because I think the movie, besides having you know emotion, emotional turmoil go on, it is very funny at times. Yeah, like it's it a is. movie that does, it very much plays as a romantic comedy to an extent. Just it's a romantic comedy drama, and the movie that scene in particular, it walks a really thin line of making that scene both awkward and funny and dramatic all within the same space of time and that's very impressive that's something i'm really proud of spike jones being able to accomplish because it is a a very weird concept but it also opens up my other great thought about this movie is that it it brings up a lot of these questions of well if an os was a person like what would it be like it's just like it 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 opens so many different questions throughout the film and some of them get answered some of them just make you think and I really appreciate that. I like that the movie's certainly kind of cluttered, I guess, but I wouldn't call it messy. I think it has a lot of ideas, but I wouldn't say I felt dissatisfied by not having all of them be resolved necessarily. I just think it has a lot. It, it had a lot to say while still containing it within the realms of the story it's trying to tell. Like yeah. he was like, there were a lot of questions he was asking, but he was he had a he had a great grasp on what. Yeah, he had a great grasp on what he was doing. Like he had a broad. Out of rage, but everything was focused. For sure. So, and, but yeah, it was really, really funny. I had a lot. Of, yeah, it was, I laughed a lot. And that's the kind of, I mean, that's the kind of thing why it makes it my number one film for me, because it had so many things going on, yet it was still able to keep its focus. It's the kind of ambition like that that makes really respond to a movie, and that's why I liked her as much as I did. You hear that, Spike? We love you, buddy. <laughs> That's where we cut to the clip of Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Man, if you made four thousand dollars, I'd gladly. <laughs> yeah, happily, I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Go see Wolf of Wall Street also. Oh, we so good. Uh. All right. Yeah. All right. I think we've sufficiently talked about her. Uh, with all that said. Let's, uh, let's rate the film each weekend out now with Aaron and Abe. We try to rate films based on when you should go and see them, and we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater to dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. On that scale, Alan Aguilera, where would you put her? IMAX is beautiful. Go watch it. Abe? Alan said it perfectly. It's beautiful. Go watch it, IMAX. I agree. And the movie does look great, too. Like, it's such <sighs> a it, – it's like a – he has a great, like – it's I, I assume it's shot digitally, and it has a great kind of soft focus throughout. That's something yeah. I really liked about it, too. It's just – Especially given how seemingly effects intensive it could be in certain scenes where you're kind of seeing the modified version of L.A. But regardless, yeah, just fantastic looking film as well as, you know, everything else we've spoken about. it. Mm-hmm. All right. So that out of the way, let's get to movie callback. Movie callback is where we talk about a couple films that in some way relate to the main film feature of the week. Uh, Alan, do you have any uh, movies you thought of? Uh, Blade Runner. Um, what else did I think of? Oh, um, 
Beginners. There you go. Yeah, I, don't, I just I like that. Yeah, because I got it's weird. Like I got this weird analogy that a lot of the IS system was like for maybe for same sex marriage too. So like, um, yeah. So apparently, yeah, I just had this weird callback to, well, Blade Runner because I was like, this is completely opposite than the LA I was I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, I just kind of had this weird analogy with the film, or I I just thought that maybe he was trying to use I the OS system as another way to talk about gay marriage. But I could just be me. No, that's 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 an interesting thought actually. It'd be like because how people were so willing to. Oh yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, let's go on that, that double date. That's cool. Or oh, what's that like? Or you know, like there's little moments in the film that just you know made me think about that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's an interesting facet. Honestly, I'd 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 be curious to read an article about that if that actually has been written because that'd be that's, that I didn't think of that before. Looks like I gotta do something. Yep. <laughs> Finally, building up. Pull off the desk off that old keyboard. Building up the VHS Diaries back catalog. (laughs) Well, it's actually moved on to DVDs. Gabe, any uh, callbacks? Yeah, we mentioned it in the show, Lars and the Real Girl, um, and that's primarily because it deals with the situation. Unfortunately, in that movie, what happens is uh, there's actually a a manifestation of this love interest for Ryan Gosling's character. Um, But, you know, they, they all sort of center around it and go with whatever happens and you, you feel that intensity too. Uh, but that's a good pull on uh, beginners primarily because the color palette sort of seems the same and so that, that does remind me of it. I had a few. Um, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Oh, and Simone. But Simone, Simone is a terrible movie. That's not a good movie. <laughs> Sim 1. Um, Moon. Terminator. Uh-huh. Yep, Terminator. Um, well, I was going to go for Ah uh, for, for Moon. They were for I, Moon I, know, I, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. Uh, Punch Drunk Love, I mentioned, and Adaptation. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to uh, let's, go, let's get to the uh, the Audible plug here. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook. Download at www.audibletrial.com. So shout now podcast. There are over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Um, for you, the listeners of Out Now, Theron and Abe, Audible is offering a free audiobook download of a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I have a book to recommend. It is one that Alan kind of brought up already. It is Blade Runner, originally titled Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Um, why not read the version of this or listen to the version of this book narrated by Scott Brick? Um, you could get that book or you can get any other book that you find at audible.com slash out podcast. Um, uh, you can down you can download the book. You can check out the service. If you don't like it, you can give up the service, but you can still keep the free download that you receive by going to audibletrial.com dot slash podcast. So, uh, you know, if you want to go for it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Okay. So, without now feedback. 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 Uh, this is. <laughs> You guys, this is this is where we go over the um, various listener responses we had to our questions, and even go over some questions that they had for us. Um, and yeah, let's stay right now. Thank you guys. Facebook.com/slash/shoutnowpodcast and Twitter.com/slash/shoutnow underscore podcast. That's where you can answer the questions that we ask during the week to try and you know have some stuff, fun stuff to read on the show. So here we go. Let's do the first one. Favorite Joaquin Phoenix performance was asked. We got some responses here. Scott at uh, Scott answered signs. Adam and Danny both said Gladiator. One of which had many exclamation points on it because they really like Gladiator, apparently. Fine. He sticks out his tongue in one scene. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, Joe has his brief appearance on the Family Guy episode Three Kings. 
Does anyone remember Joaquin Phoenix's pivotal role on Family Guy? Because I don't. I, I do mean, not. I don't, I don't watch really watch that show. And then uh, Brandon Peters, friend of the show, uh, wrote, It's not my favorite performance, and the movie is hilarious nowadays, but I want to note that I really liked him in 8mm, and that's where he caught my eye and I started following him. That sounds like a that sounds like a like a romance novel waiting to happen. Eight millimeters? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I started following him. Eight millimeters is a terrible movie about uh, not terrible, but the premise is terrible. Nick uh, Cage is so, a dirty private investigator going yeah, into a sex dungeon. It's James it's, Gandolfini breathes heavily. Together, <laughs> they make a rom- epic romance called Eight Millimeter. <laughs> That's disturbing. Uh, our next question is favorite. <laughs> Is that what yeah. I sound like when I breathe into the mic? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Hey, a little bit. Uh, our next question is, favorite computer vocal performance, uh, as in Scarlett Johansson in her? Jim has Ellen McLean in GLaDOS in Pacific Rim. Gypsy Danger, that's her. That's if you didn't know who he was talking about. Fantastic. Yes, I, yeah. I, a stable of voices. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly will. Uh, Frankie writes Kevin Spacey and Moon, which I agree with. Uh, Danny Murphy says, I was trying to think of one, and then seeing Frankie's comment, I have to agree that that one is fantastic. Also, a couple of exclamation marks. Jason has Alan Rickman, he transfers Guide to the Galaxy. And William Hale has No Brainer, Hal from 2001 at Space Odyssey. Alan, do you have a favorite computer voice in movies? I would say Jarvis, too. Jarvis is good. Wally? Wally's pretty, yeah, Wally's pretty solid. Um, technology has become self-aware. Now what happens? Allison. Oh wait, no. Sigourney Weaver in Wally. That's good too. Sorry. <laughs> Allison has people then become self-aware. Uh, I like that answer. Uh, Dennis has. Are they hiring? I like that one too. <laughs> and William has the darkest of all. Now we all die. So. Scanets for real, man. He has the uh, Cyberdyne systems launches and nukes <laughs> go off. But how? Miles Dyson was dead. There's, there were shreds. There were shreds, yeah. man. Chris Hart was there. He's in T3. Um, anyway. Um, we Okay, so let's get to some questions that were sent to us. We can answer those. Uh, first up, we get a voicemail from uh, Jason. Let's play that one. Hi. Out now, Aaron and Eve. This is your first caller, Jason Ritter, back again. Question number one will be, who has a better mustache? Ron Swanson or Ron Berkey? Number two, who has a cooler comb over? Jamie Foxx or Kristen Bale? Thanks, Jason, for that voicemail. Um, so, yeah, favorite mustache, guys. Ron Burgundy or Ron Swanson? I said Ron Swanson. Yeah. Swanson, yeah, I agree. It's a man mustache. Yeah, exactly. The Amer- American, American pride is in the I mean, mustache. he doesn't eat rabbit food, so it's, you know, pure beef fed mustache. There you go. And then favorite comb over, Fox or Bale? Bale. I'd go with Christian Bale. I'd say Bale just because I, I've seen that in action. I've seen him put it together. Mm-hmm. It's very elaborate. I haven't Don't seen touch Jamie, the hair, right? I haven't seen Fox's work yet. I mean, I've, I've seen it in previews, but I haven't seen, does he, do we have a, do we get a, you know, a whole opening sequence devoted to Jamie Fox's comb over? I don't know. Right. So, yeah. you know this summer. <laughs> this summer, guys. We'll, we'll find out. This summer, not only the do they have like question. not only are there like 19 villains in Amazing Spider-Man 2, but there will be an entire scene devoted to Jamie Foxx's come over. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, still so got a question from Izzy. Will there ever be another great teen comedy like Euro Trip? 
Navy. Thank you, Izzy, for that question. Ooh. Now, I I have to assume he's referring to kind of trip-type movies because we've had plenty of great teen comedies since Euro Trip, like Superbad, for example. Uh, 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. But teen comedy like Euro Trip, mm. if they make 23 Jump Street where they go to England on like a, a, a student exchange <laughs> program or like a semester at sea, how great would it be to see Joe That would Hill, be great. Semester, Tatum, at sea. semester at sea on a cruise <laughs> ship. The ship's, solve, the like, ship's captain mystery. is played by John Turturro. Uh, that's a. I, I like how confident you were, as in like you thought of this like ahead of time. Like John Turturro's the captain. Like you had that ready to go. <laughs> you got like short shorts on. Hey boys. <laughs> I want to see this movie. So, John, so, so, so our answer to this question is yes. When they made Twenty Three Jump Street, Semester at Sea, with John Turturro as the captain of the ship. Can Willem Dafoe be the first mate? Damn straight. And then, <laughs> he he was, and then he could put leeches all over his body. <laughs> uh, speed tube. <laughs> all right all right thank you guys for the responses and for the questions let's move on now let's get to box office talk Woo! that was our obviously improv theme for box office talk. <laughs> this is where we go over the week's totals usually your predictions every week usually we have predictions but obviously we haven't been, we've been doing bonus shows for the it's holiday season yeah so um let me just uh, pull up the old box office for this weekend. I believe Lone Survivor was top of the pack here with uh, like $38 million. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the combination of – What? Good for them. The combination of Mark Wahlberg and, you know, war movie, yeah. I mean, I led to a big opening for that one. Um, I'm more so rooting for Taylor Kitsch, so I'm, I'm glad that he's got you know a movie that people are positively responding. It's to. funny how Wahlberg's kind of the of the actors in that movie. I kind of responded to Wahlberg the least, and he's you know obviously the, the main lead. I like yeah. Kitsch a lot in the movie. Actually, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with your sentiments like, there. Yeah, I mean it's because like I don't care about the movie. I don't need to see it ever again. But like it, it certainly has an intense quality to it in certain scenes. I mean, people rolling down hills and getting beat up like that's rough. Well, that said, like performance-wise, I mean, no one's doing a bad job necessarily. I, I think, and I think Kitsch was pretty good in that movie. Yeah, he and Ben Foster are the ones that I responded to the most. Ben Ben Foster, my favorite, my favorite overactor, and I say that as a compliment. He, he always <laughs> overacts, but he gives it 110, and I like it. He just got engaged too to like uh, Robin so, Wright. Robin Wright. Yeah, yeah, I did not know that. Let alone I didn't know that they were dating. Yeah, but they're two yeah. of my favorite character actors. That's because we're not a gossip podcast. Not yet. <laughs> Uh, not until we do out, out, out now with Aaron and Abe and Hollywood. <laughs> that'll be our yeah. That'll be our next show. <laughs> We're on the red carpet tonight. <laughs> yeah. Um, that nonsense out of the way. Frozen's still making a lot of money as well. Woo! Fifteen million. Uh, the Legend of Hercules just broke the bank this weekend in fourth place with eight million dollars i'm sure eight million. Oh, they must be really excited about that yeah. <laughs> that's higher than i expected uh the wolf of wall street was still in third place uh, american hustle still up there the the, the hobbit still hobbiting smooth yeah sure like is also in release uh august osage county if you want to see a bunch of people get nasty to each other you can do that now um, let's see, that's pretty much it in terms of things that happened this week at the box office, so yeah, there you go. Um, uh, let's move on to, what time is it? Maybe. Oh, Aaron, I believe that it's finally 2014's time for games!
data. Oh, that was that was beautiful. That thanks for ringing in 2014 so perfectly. You know what they say, so there's no reason to repeat it right now. So I've got a game for you guys this week. It's called It's Our Famous Before and After. Obviously, it's based off the category from Jeopardy, where you mix two things together and form a new output. Um, in this case, I'm taking characters. I'm sorry, actors and directors from the movie Her. And relating it to another film, so you have to create that new title. Now, um, so so, I get this game because we've played it before. But that description you gave, I have I have no idea what's it's going. Terrible on. description. <laughs> it's a terrible description. I, I, okay. I, I, hold on, I have, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> exactly. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah like so example before you do the ones for this game. Maybe. Sure. So I think the, instance, I think the audience would really appreciate that. Yes. So, for instance, if I had a, a movie with Scarlett Johansson called The Avengers, uh, which I don't think is in my... Yeah, it's not. So, I would choose another film with the title Avengers in it, and then I'd make a question such as, Scarlett Johansson might star in another movie with, I don't know, another movie with Avengers in the title. I, I want to say that it's been mentioned to me many times that Abe is terrible at explaining the games, and that's always one of my favorite messages. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'll, I'm going to get really good at it. That's going to be I, my I, I feel, I feel like the listeners are, like, blindingly frustrated by this part, despite wanting no. to need to see where the games go. But go on. <laughs> I hope that they enjoy the game. Okay, go. Right. Eight questions here. Yes, eight of them. Jesus. <laughs> that's it. I'll get it by six. I'll get it by six. Okay, go. Go, dude. All right. Number one. His name is Wes, Jim West, and he plans on traveling to a place with Max to meet wild things. Wild, where the wild, wild West things are? That is correct. Is that exactly how you wrote it? Yes, that is exactly how you wrote it. All right. Alan, you get it. You got to What? (laughs) (laughs) Next one. Next one. All right. Next one. Next one. At half past midnight, Batman will work with Chris Pratt to take down international terrorists. The okay, I got it. <laughs> um, zero Dark Knight thirty. Woo! <laughs> sort sort of catching on, Alan. A little bit, yeah. All right, number three. The key is to like you have to completely mess. It's not just like one title into another. You have to like interlace the titles. Yeah. yeah. Into the new title. You have to yeah. slalom. <laughs> Number three, a young Viking yearns to seek adventure with a dark clothes wearing Swedish computer with with a photographic memory. Oh. Okay. Alan, do you have it? Because I got it. What you got it? I know one of the movies. Okay. How to Train Your Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Woo! <laughs> hey, where'd you get How to Train Your Dragon from? The Viking a y- thing. A young Viking yearns to seek adventure. That's it? Just as that's it? It couldn't be like Eric the Red? Okay. That would that would have filled the other title. All right, <laughs> <laughs> number four. Amy Adams may learn the mysterious ways of the pimp if they make a sequel to Terrence Howard's 2005 film. I was given to Alan. No, it's not going to happen. American Hustle and Flow. That is correct. Number five. Olivia Wilde might just replace yeah. re, might just reprise her role as an old West citizen if predators and aliens come to visit in search of gold in the 1800s. Cowboys and aliens and predators. Just change instead of aliens. Cowboys, predators, and aliens. Just add a versus. Oh, cowboys and, and cowboys aliens. and aliens versus predator. There you go. Yeah. Got it. 
All right. And I if got you one. Want, you can do Requiem. I was going to do Requiem. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do Requiem. I didn't want to give him that doubt. <laughs> All right. Number six. Could you imagine a film with Robert Redford and Scarlett Johansson on a boat sailing near Japan during a midlife crisis? Oh, God. What's the name of that movie? Um, Scarlett Johansson and who? Sorry. Robert, Robert Redford. Redford. I don't know. Oh. What's, the whole, what's the whole thing? What was it again? Can you imagine a film with Robert Redford and Scarlett Johansson on a boat sailing near Japan during a midlife crisis? Okay. Um, I forgot the name of that Robert Redford movie, so I can't do it. I tried. Hold on. All is lost in translation. That is correct. Uh, I was trying because I thought you were talking about the the like the horse whisperer. Because no. Scarlett Johansson did that. And Robert Redford directed it, so it was like that ties in. Well. Wouldn't do that to. Wouldn't do that to you guys. Number seven. Yep, Terrence Malick would direct an almost three-hour epic about Johnny Cash in Guadalcanal during World War II. Walk the thin red line. That is correct. There you go. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Number eight, last one. Bodybuilding... <laughs> right when you're getting it, it's the last one. I know. Yeah. It's bummer. Number eight, a bodybuilding documentary about Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Tony Stark and Mickey Rourke, judged by Scarlett Johansson. One ticket, please. Oh, Puppet the Iron Man 2. Delete the the. Puppet the Iron Man 2. Ew. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the name of Robert Downey Jr.'s sex tape. <laughs> Good game, Abe. And that's how you play before and after. Um, I'm going to read I an email that we got. Uh, this is from Dion. Woo! Um, this is from Dion. It says, no questions because I'm eating and I can't think beyond the next bite. Thank you guys for the past two super full episodes. I'm really intending to watch Walter Mitty and don't recall if anyone called back, call back, call back to Big Fish or even if if they compare. It's a good call, actually. I didn't think of Big that Fish is, when yeah. we talked about Walter Mitty, but that, that's a very fitting call. Uh, tell Abe to use incognito or in private browsing. That way he can make those last words a truly perverted, disturbed, and soul-scarring diatribe. <laughs> um Thanks, Izzy. Yeah, he does have a question here, so he lied in his own email within the same email. Uh, what are the logistics? What are the logistics? Yeah, I guess. What are the logistical nightmares of recording the podcast that you and Abe sometimes is there when he's not? Where is he when he's not there? Must conquer each time you record. Is there a reason you don't often record in the same location because of the violent streak you exhibited when you punched or bit Abe's arm? Um, we'll just stop there. But good email, thank you, Dion. <laughs> uh, so the, to answer your question. Uh, we use Skype, and Aaron is in Southern California. I'm in Northern California. And the most, the 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 worst logistical thing is lag, lag, and also comedic timing. So if there's a joke and the punchline doesn't because work neither out, Abe and I or are funny. We just use yeah, really good uh, editing to make it seem that way. So. It, yeah, really. I, I add laugh tracks, and I actually just copy and paste laughter from other podcasts that we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish yeah, I wish I had a clip ready to go for that one, but I don't. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't think we've made it any secret because we generally announce when we're in the same room together since we've only done that like, what, six or seven times, maybe? Yeah, I think it's only a handful of times. Uh, but yeah, Abe and I are across the state from each other. And so, yeah, the logistical nightmare is making sure that we both sound, you know, pretty well on Skype together and don't have to worry about too much time in between, you know, lag, as Abe said. So. Yeah. Good question, though. That's a good technical question. We certainly... Certainly open to doing episodes, you know, with our guests. Like, if I had the time, I would have driven up to Alan's place, 
hopped into hopped into bed with it was my next thought. I just did the podcast live. Uh, you guys need to do it in the Prius. In the in the Prius, yeah. yeah. I I recorded the Pacific Rim podcast in the Prius. But uh, I pulled over outside of a Walgreens. It's like I gotta I gotta record this with these guys. So uh, yeah, no, we you know we do what we can, and we've been doing it for 134 episodes plus bonuses. So we've we've got we we seem to have it down for the most part. Yeah, it'll get cooler. It'll get better. We'll Aaron, I got that memory foam mattress. You know you want a piece of this. Memory foam. Yeah, oh, yeah, memory foam. Oh, my God. No, nothing, nothing, nothing's more confident by saying, we'll get through this, even though we've been doing this podcast for almost three years now. It'll get better. It'll get better. We're constantly improving. Uh, I mean, you don't you don't look to Intel and say, all right, guys, it's not good. Come on, where are we at? Pentium 5? Let's go to Pentium 6 already. Come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, seriously. Where are those guys in the clean room suits dancing around? Like, there's there's my 90s Pentel commercial. <laughs> totally forgot those guys. Where's the Blue show Man? notes? I'm putting Pentium commercials. Was Blue Man a part of those too? Pentium commercials in the show notes. Yeah, but you know. Uh, yeah. Let's do a little out now presents what's out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week oh, no. and in previous weeks because we I missed a couple weeks here. Um, so first one, Archer season four came out last week. Yeah. Uh, Runner Runner came out last week. I love Alan's description. I hate everything about this movie. Uh, closed circuit. You don't even remember what that movie is. That <laughs> one is Eric Bana. Yeah. So go uh, see it to support Eric Bana if you want. No, that's a bad movie. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a fan of the show, but the following season one came out. I think it's on Netflix. It was too. canceled, but I guess that it. No, it's got it's got a new season coming out. This it's got a good. I heard it had a decent following. Once uh, <laughs> uh, hey oh, once yeah, yeah. Uh, once Sleepy Hollow ends, um, the following the kicks back up again. Uh, something called Thanks for Sharing. Opens, I believe, Gwyneth Paltrow's in that, among other actors. Never saw it. Haven't heard of that. Um, Riddick comes out this week. Aaron loved it. I enjoyed it. It's fun. It's yeah. brand. Fun movie. Uh, costume. Carrie comes out this week. I believe that's one of Alan's favorite movies of last year. Ugh. <laughs> um, Lee Daniels, Lee Daniels, The Butler comes out this week. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, Your Next comes out this week. Really liked Your Next. Uh, solid horror film. You can finally watch that and all the boys of Mandy Lane and have one kind of great horror movies that were lost in development hell for or whatever production history hell for the longest time. Have a nice double feature with that. Mm. Uh, Fruitvale Station comes out. Fantastic movie. My, uh, one of my... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Short Term Twelve comes out this week. Another fantastic movie. Um, Enough Said comes out. This is the one with Julia Louis Dreyfus and James Gandolfini. Mm. Um, it's fine. It's good. It's fine. Uh, the Spectacular Now comes out this week. Woo! And um, some some old callbacks here, but these are coming out on Criterion, and I really like these movies. Rafifi, maybe my favorite film noir of all time, and Thief. Great. It's a great movie. And Thief, Michael Mann's Thief with James Caan, another another great neo noir actually. So there you go. Neo noir. Yeah, uh, Keanu Reeves in it. Yeah, that's what yes. I was thinking. He, he he plays the safe. He just says James, no. James Conn cracks him. It's like Johnny Mnemonic, but in modern times. Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh man, I remember seeing that movie. Like, hey, hey, Point Break remake. Point grade. Break remake. It's getting cast now. With Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler as the Bodie character. No. Who's gonna, no. Who's gonna play? Ne- who's gonna play Johnny Utah? Like uh, that kid from Star Trek, the Russian guy. Oh, uh, what's his name? Check out Anton Yelton. Anton Yelton as Johnny Utah. <laughs> <laughs> I am an FBI agent, all right? Yes. 
I want him to go black with it. I want him to be like Anthony Mackie. He's <laughs> gonna go urban. Go oh, they're gonna cast it. Gonna just, cast just because it. I want to hear him say "brothers don't surf," that he has to surf anyway. <laughs> classic, classic line. Classic. Maybe he has like little floaties on. That was my surf ninjas reference, by the way. Um, brothers don't surf. Um, <laughs> little booties on. Okay. All right. So that's the after that diversion. Let's get to what we're talking. Going to talk about next week. It's going to be Jack Ryan, Shadow Recruit. This is the new Jack Ryan film from from the director of Thor, <laughs> director of Thor. And, and various Shakespearean dramas. <laughs> Kenneth Branagh uh, stars Chris Pine and his forehead and Karen Knightley and Kevin Costner and Kenneth Branagh. What's wrong with Kevin Costner? I'm not a Kevin Costner fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've made this very clear. <laughs> but regardless, the trailer looks fun enough for me to not mind the fact that he's a big star in it. So there you go. You 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 won me over, Branagh. Um. So with all that said, um, Jack Ryan, it's opening up next week in some of the most theaters, um, but it's also Martin Luther King Day weekend, uh, so we'll predict, we'll predict like a three-day thing, I guess, for this one, but it's also like other movies. The Devil's Do comes out. Um, with that, uh, Friday Night Lights star Matt Saracen. Yeah. Um, That's actually not his real name. What, thank you. What's his face? Um, the Nut Job comes out. Um, so and who's voicing that? Is that Will Arnett? Will Arnett and like everybody, including Psy. The Korean guy? Yes. yes. Okay. Um, and <laughs> then uh, yeah, apparently, and then Ride Along with with oh. King and Hart. Yeah, that's coming out this weekend as well. That comes out next weekend. Ooh. as well. Oh, so, next weekend. Well, the weekend no. with the the weekend with we're predicting right now. Yes, with Jack. Oh, Ryan. Yeah. yikes! That's gonna take some box office. It's yeah, like four movies coming out next weekend. Jack Ryan's one of them. What do we think the box office is going to do? Let me hear. Let me, let me back up a bit. I'll say other Jack Ryan movies. Uh, Some of All Fears opens to 31 mil. Patriot Games, 18 mil. Hunt for October, 18 mil. Clear and Present Danger, 20 mil. So that in mind, what do we think? What do we think Jack, Jack Ryan's going to open with? Mm. Right along, is that R or is that uh, PG-13? PG-13 because uh, F the police. F, F, F the police. <laughs> Classic right. song right there. <laughs> Alan said 25. Alan, what you said? You said 25? You said 30. Yeah. That doesn't sound like 25 at all, Abe. No, 35. I said <laughs> no. 35. Oh, 35. 35. Oh, for Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. I mean, J- Jack Reacher. What am I saying? I don't know. What are you, what are you predicting? That's a better question. Yeah, I'm going to say that it's going to get uh, half because... So I said like so 17.5. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Good math. Yeah, because the other half's gonna go to. Completely 17.5. You need yeah. to have a decimal because that's what you do now. You put decimals. In. Yeah. Well, that was good math from from us. That was. That was oh good. yeah, it was really hard to divide 35. I'm it's just saying, <laughs> some people have a hard time dividing odd numbers. What if I was wrong? We were like wrong the whole time. <laughs> 16 <laughs> and 16. Um. Um, okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a sol- God, that's Jack Ryan. I'm gonna right say on, right I'm on. gonna say a solid 24 mil. Ah, okay. I'm gonna say a solid 24 million. Um, that sounds about right to me. We'll see Same. if Chris- South Central Los Angeles 24. If if uh, Chris Pratt if Chris Pratt Chris Pratt, I, I'd see Chris Pratt Jack as Jack Ryan easily. If Chris Pine's forehead can pull it off, well, I'll be very happy for him. Um. I like Chris Pine. I just be his big forehead. I just like saying it. It's funny to me. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything against him. Well, he has such a big forehead. It's called an eight head. Yeah. 
I was trying to think of a Star Trek subtitle involving a forehead for the next movie. I can't do it. The Search for Eight. Yeah. I, I'll, by the way, but because of this friction, now we've declared this means war between Out Now and Chris Pine. Anyway, moving on. Um, Is that a front of the show? No, this means war. Um, that's that's going to do it for this week's episode, this rambly episode. Enemy of the show, Chris Pine. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodazeek.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for my Blu-ray reviews, including a Blu-ray review of Short Term 12, which comes out in the Blu-ray this week. Um, you can also find me at Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, as well as twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag Uncharted 3. Drake's Deception. Alan? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Aldo underscore Rain, A-L-D-O underscore R-A-Y-N-E. You can also find me at Twitter, backslash MrDVD, M-R-D-V-D. And I also write a blog for Torture Design Studio. If you want to know about apparel, I do that. Woo! Ah, great. It's a lot of wooing this episode, I, by the way. I, from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not woo with Jada Pinkett. <laughs> I forgot about that movie. I got it. They went down the show notes. Does, does she wear like, like, a, a, like a super tight pink dress in that movie or something? That, I think that's the poster, yeah. Sometimes I forget you're black and then you mention things. And I'm like, oh, like Jada right. Pagan and Woo? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, like, damn, like, guys, you know my favorite movie was Grown Up? Set it off. <laughs> Set it off. Queen Latifah. Set it off. Queen Latifah. You know what? I'm not going to lie. As a kid, uh, Living Single used to be my show. Oh, I love Living Single. Oh, Dude, Khadijah was like... Was the strong independent woman that I always wanted well, to meet. Like Fox in the early nineties was my yeah. Yeah, in living color, yeah. living single, and Martin. Booty call. Remember booty call? Yeah. Yeah. I do you remember booty call? Like, come on, Martin. How y'all? Tommy feet? Davidson Tommy is in Davidson. Woo. Yeah. When's he the is? last time? Yeah. When's the last time you heard of Tommy Davidson? Black Dynamite. No, he wasn't. Like, yes, yeah. yeah. He finds like the snake, the snake juice and things. I yeah. love it that we've wrapped it all around now. Back to Black Dynamite. Yes, Cloud Atlas did. Anyway. Out now with Aaron and Abe, you can find all the other episodes on iTunes and at Stitcher, also at hhwlod.com. You can check out the other shows there as well, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, Legion of, Legion of Dudes, Half Hour Wasted, the Ichapod Cranecast, which goes over weekly episodes of Sleep Hall with me, Brandon, and Maxwell, and the newest addition to their stable of shows, Shaken Not Stirred, a James Bond podcast that they just started out as well. You can also find our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, as well as youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us. Dion was happy enough to leave us the email this week. You can do it, too, at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Interact with us and also ask this question at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and also tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And, of course, we have outnowpodcast.tumblr.com. We post a lot of pics there and other fun stuff. You can also feel free to use the voicemail line, 972-798-3830. Send us a voicemail and, you know, ask us a question or send us some thoughts or whatever. Don't let Jason be the only one sending us voicemails, but we appreciate your work. <laughs> that phone number, by the way, is not as catchy as 588 or 8. Ah. Don't say other numbers. Just say 972-798-3830. I'm sorry, Aaron. What was that number again? It was 972-798-3830. All four listeners that are still listening at this point of the podcast heard that just now. I'm going to call 972 798 3830. Yes! All right. That's good. Alan, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And that's going to do it for this week's show. Next week, we're talking Jack Ryan, so I guess we got to do some Hunt for Red October Sean Connery impression prepping. But uh, until next time, so long. And goodbye.
You gonna try and get up out of bed today? That's my Scarlett Johansson. You gotta you try to get up. Funny. Oh, I'm funny. That's good. <laughs> <laughs>